I'm just wild about Harry. Harry's wild about me. The heavenly bliss. Hey, it's Jeffrey Masters, and you're listening to an extra special bonus episode in honor of Valentine's Day. Now, I don't know if it's just because our world is crazy and it's too much all the time, or if it's because I'm single, as I like to remind you. But lately, I've been making a concerted effort to seek out happy queer content. And that's not shade to any of these darker, more serious movies and books that I very much love. But as a consumer, I also want to see queer people have happy endings, and personally, I am just a little bit delighted by seeing us in romantic comedies. So today we're dedicating an episode to Freeform and Hulu's new Valentine's Day rom-com. It's called The Thing About Harry. We only get a good rom-com with queer characters about every five or six years. So when we do get a good one, I think we should celebrate it. The Thing About Harry stars Nico Terho and Jake Borelli. Jake, you know from Grey's Anatomy. You're also going to hear from Peter Page, who is famous for playing Emmett in Queer as Folk. Now, this was all recorded live on stage at the very first public screening of the film. Peter Page wrote, directed, and executive produced it, and explains why it's vital to show a world on screen where the character's sexuality isn't the issue. To create a movie that, as I said before, is just sweet and nice and has a happy ending. From Luminary Media, this is LGBTQ and A. Let's start with Peter. Can you tell us about like the genesis for the movie, like where the idea came from for you? So these producers that I work with a lot had actually sold this, this idea of sort of a gay rom-com to Freeform before I was involved. And there was a writer attached, and he'd written something that was very sort of Hallmark Christmas movie-y. Um, sort of the boys go home, and they stay at home, and there was a Grandma Tootie, and there was a recliner race on a hill. I can't. They brought it to me and said, we, we're, we, we like this idea, but, and we want it to be a val our Valentine's Day movie, but this isn't quite freeform. So do you have a take? And I was like, well, I don't have a take on this. I don't know anything about small town living. That's just not my jam. But if you want a rom-com about young, you know, queer men in their 20s living in a city, that I, that I can do. I, I am a rom-com fanatic. I have them in my very soul. And, uh, and this was, this, this is basically what it was. You're a rom-com fanatic. What are the favorites that you like pulled from? Uh, we're going to go around so think of your While you were sleeping, When Harry Met Sally, Pretty Woman, Notting Hill, Jake's favorite is 27 Dresses. So I feel like I have to say that even though it's not really one of mine. Is it really? Um, <laughs> it is. It's adorable. It's adorable. You like 27 Dresses? That's literally my favorite. <laughs> Nico, do you have a favorite? 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, like okay. That. Yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah. So rom-coms, be it this one or all of them, they live and die by the chemistry of the two leads. It's, I'm sorry. I did the best I could. <laughs> I thought they lived personally, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> uh, right, so like, uh, at what point did you bring... Uh, how did the casting work? I'm wondering. All right. I My best friend is Krista Vernoff. Krista Vernoff is the showrunner of Grey's Anatomy and Station 19, among a million and other things. We've been best friends for like 30 years because uh, I'm that fucking old. Um, Krista, so I'm at dinner with Krista and I'm like, oh, I'm going to rewrite this movie for Freeform and I'm pitching her my take on this movie. And I'm pitching it to her and I describe Sam and she goes, oh, you mean like Jake Borelli? 
And I was like, oh, I do mean like Jake Borelli. I hadn't thought of him, but yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Forgot about it. Write the movie, get the green light. I get a call from casting that's like, we want to make an offer to Jake Borelli because I'd been talking about him in meetings and things like that. And I was like, great, hold one second. I call Kristen, I'm like, so we're going to make an offer to Jake. And she was like, oh, you, you, he, Jake has a job. You can't have Jake. He's, he's working on Grey's Anatomy. We're, using, we're doing a crossover big thing with Station 19. He's getting a head accident. I don't know, something. <laughs> there was some trauma was going to befall poor Levi Schmidt. And, uh, and she was like, you can't have him. I'm so sorry. There's just too much going on. And I was like, fuck you very much. Okay, great. Thanks for dangling him in front of my face and yanking him away. We go into casting. It's all good. We see some great guys, but I can't get this one out of my head. So I, um, I say, right before we go into Chemistry Reads, I call her one more time and I said, I know you said no, but is there really no way you can give him to me for three weeks? Please, just three weeks, that's all I need. And she was like, give me an hour. And she called me back an hour later and was like, I would not do this for another living soul on this planet, but I will do it for you. We're gonna, we're gonna rewrite his story so you can have him for three weeks. So my, my character got a heart attack, basically. <laughs> Did you disappear from the show? What? Did you disappear from the show then? Yeah, yeah. No yeah, way. Because yeah. I was wondering, Grey's Anatomy has like, what, like 25, 39 episodes a season? Somewhere in between yeah, 25, that. 25. Yeah, so oh. you, they wrote you out of the show specifically for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Did you know that was happening when Peter was like fighting for you behind the scenes? I had no idea any of that. I didn't even know this thing existed before. It was all them just like talking. Well, I wasn't going to offer it to him and then be like, <laughs> Chris is a bitch and you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> so. I mean, what happens when they're like, we got three weeks for you? You, and then Jake reads the script and is like, I'm not going. I was terrified. Yeah, I was happened? super, no, I was afraid. <laughs> I was super, super nervous. When, when, I, when I knew we'd made the offer to Jake, I was like, have we heard from Jake? Has anybody heard from Jake? Has anybody heard from Jake? <laughs> what does Jake think? And then I, I heard, we heard via, I heard like via a person, via a person from, through his manager that he had loved it. And I was like, oh, I think this might happen. So, okay, so you locked down Jake and yes. then you found Nico? So we, we were reading Harry's. I'd locked down Jake. I knew we had our Sam. We were reading Harry's. We'd read a lot of great guys, but again, nobody that like had just like home run it. A lot of triples, no homers. And... Um, all of a sudden, this tape from New York City comes right across my desk. Casting calls me and says, hey, listen, there's a guy. He's never done anything before. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Nico has never had a professional acting job before this movie. And I'm... I'm like an acting snob, like that's sort of what I'm known for. And I was like, okay, sure, let me take a look. And the hair on my arm stood up and I was like, motherfuck, unbelievable. And I was really nervous. It's a huge, hard part. There's physical comedy, there's public protestations of love, like there's a lot there. And I was like, all right, let's put him through a little stress test. I was like, get him on a plane, let's bring him out here, we're gonna chemistry read him against three other guys and Jake. And uh, we flew him on a plane. This was Nico's first audition. It wasn't even his first job. It was his first audition. This is all true. Um, and we threw him on a plane. And uh, he, you know, bless his, his Barbadian soul. He's from Barbados. And he, he just has that island chill thing where it's like, I don't know, we're all going to be underwater one day. What the fuck? Like, I don't know if that's what it is, but there is something in his blood. There is a chill. Are you high all the time? I don't know what it is. He's so chill that he, like, even that day, you know, it's really high stress. It's a big, big job dangling in front of his face. And he's like, 
what's up? <laughs> and there was no, I mean, there was just really no choice. The two of them together, it was just fire. So that's how we found him. And even when we started shooting, I was like, oh God, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope he can do this. And he just slayed it every day. They, they all did. I think the cast is really extraordinary. Wow. Even the chemistry amongst like the friendships too, right? It, it worked. And Nico, so you're, you audition for the first time ever and then you're flown to LA to chemistry read. What's going through your yeah, mind? Yeah, I got, I'm like, they, they, they told me I was flying to LA like the same day I submitted the audition. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, so I was like, all right, this is nuts. Well, if anything, I'll just get like a free trip to LA, you know? So, so I honestly, I went in the mindset like, okay, this is cool. I'm getting a free trip to LA. So I get there and then I, I actually, I go into the waiting part before we actually did the chemistry read. And they're like, three guys that I have seen on TV and like lead in series and stuff like that. So I'm like, Cool. I'm not getting this. So, so I was like, fuck it. I'm sorry if I if that happened. It's sorry. I don't, I don't think you've offended anyone at the LGBT uh, center. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think. True. <laughs> um, yeah, so I said, you know, I'm just going to go there, have fun, do my thing. It worked out. And Jake was awesome. So I was like, this is did it. you know, Jake, did you know he was getting the job? I mean, he was my favorite. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I never know anymore who's getting what. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like in order to make a movie like this work, like the formula is pretty set. Where like at the very beginning, it, there's no chance they can ever work out. Then something happens, and then also something unforgivable happens, and then they find their way back. When you're shooting that out of order, does that present a challenge to like make the formula work? It, interestingly, the way we shot this, the way this movie is written, it's written in chapters, right? And we basically we didn't shoot them in order, but we shot sort of a chapter at a time. So pretty much, there certainly some, were some exceptions, but for the most part, we were sort of in one piece of the story at any given moment. So we could really just kind of put ourselves in that headspace, I think. It wasn't, it wasn't crazy, crazy, crazy. I've done much crazier shoots, you know what I mean? Much more like frenetic, like where the fuck am I? What yeah. day is it? Who, where, where am I in the story? Like, it, this was pretty easy, because the scenes are big and chunky, and you know, it was, um, which is scary, by the way, as a director, like, I know, you know, I know, I know I can save a scene if it's a half a page long. I know I can do interesting things with editing or I can pull some cool shots and make it work. But like, I gotta trust that these guys are gonna be interesting for eight pages. Just having, got, you know, that party scene, act, act three, that party scene is just the two of them talking, basically, for a long, 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 long time. We shot that all in one day. That's interesting. And then this movie was, uh, the movie was announced in like October, November this year, and now it's on TV mere months later. That to me is a really fast timeline. Is it? Is it just like what you, they announced in October and it was like already done? No, no, no. I left LA to start prep in Chicago on October 4th. Whoa, and now it's on yeah. TV. And now it's on TV, yeah. I shot, we started shooting November 2nd. I went home Thanksgiving day. We cut it before Christmas. And we posted it in January, and you all are the first people to see it. And that's pretty rare, right? That's unique. Oh, it's super fast. It's ridiculously fast. Usually these things would take a full, another full year. 
That's so interesting. Yeah. And it's getting good buzz too. Um, it reminded me a bit, just like anytime there's queer representation, it like can splash or not splash. And um, obviously since Queer as Folk, you've seen a massive change too, just in that. But um, even just like two years ago, Jake, your character had a massive kiss, a gay kiss yeah. Yeah. Um, on Grey's Anatomy. Did you know how big a deal it was going to be? I, I knew just because I had been a fan of the show for so long, and when when Krista had pitched me that my character would come out, it, it was a big deal to me because I was like, oh, I've seen every episode of this television show, and I've never quite felt like I've seen myself or or, or been mirrored back by it. So I think I did, but in the end, that blew up way. By the way, I in a little just a bit of history, I was on the other end of those conversations when Krista was like cooking up that story. Yeah. She was like, so I want to go to Jake. I think this is going to be, like, I really need to have a conversation with him. What do I say? What do I not say? Like, I was involved in that conversation too. Yeah. And at that point, I was like out in my life, but I wasn't out publicly. There was no, like, I wasn't doing any of this type of thing. It was, it was scary for me. And around the same time you did come out publicly, was that, like, what happened first? Like, the character came out or you came out? Well, so Krista pitched that my character would come out. And she asked me if that was something that I would be on board with. And I think she thought I would like immediately say yes, but I was terrified because I had been afraid since I was young, knowing that I wanted to be an actor, that if I came out, it, it, it could really affect my career. You know, I had, I grew up in Ohio and a lot of the things that I heard from society, you know, it's like, like, like my favorite movie was Finding Nemo and Dory was my favorite character. And as like a 10 year old, uh, all I heard was she had a TV show that got taken away from her because she's queer. And I'm like, well, I want to be an actor and I'm queer too. What does this mean? So I, I, I had stayed in the closet for a long time. So when Krista basically said, do you want to be in the first gay male relationship on one of the biggest shows there is right now? I was very excited as an audience member and also terrified as what that, you know, what that would mean for my life. So she was like, take the week, think about it. Mm -hmm. And I called her back in like 35 minutes and I was like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. But uh, so then I, I basically had to wait until it was public knowledge that he was queer. Um, before I felt like I wasn't going to ruin a, a storyline for all of these amazing Grace fans <laughs> if I was just like, I'm queer, yay, and so is Levi. You know, so I waited and then came out the night he came out. When you say that you were scared to come out of the closet for how it might affect your career, that, that, was that what you were thinking or was that also advice you were getting from the industry? I don't know that it was advice, certainly not advice in that moment, but I can't say that I, that I haven't been in this industry for eight years and haven't heard anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Or haven't heard stories about people uh, being forced in the closet for X, Y, and Z, or, or saying, let's just, let's just be a little bit quiet about your personal life. Um, and so I think there's always been that playing in the back of my mind about what would happen. And even after I said it, I, 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 I sort of came to this, this conclusion that, hey, maybe Levi will be like my big role. And... And that might be it afterwards, and maybe I won't work again. But at this point in my life, I needed to do this for myself. I needed to come out. I needed to speak my truth. And, and I knew what this role was going to do for so many people and what it was already doing for me. And so I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. And you know, maybe this is going to be it for me. And then this guy calls me. So it's like this movie is not only massive for me because of the representation it shows me and what it probably would have done for me if I had seen it as a teenager, but it, it also, it showed me that, oh, there, there might still be a, 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 a chance for me as in, in this industry, there might be a path for me still. 
And uh, it's, it's due to people like him creating this content, people like Krista championing uh, these storylines and basically saying our stories have value too, you know? And thank you, Peter, for writing a role like this. Yeah. Was it your doing that you want to cast a gay character in the a gay person, gay role? I knew for my three leads that it was important to me that at least one of them be queer, at least one of them not be white. And um, just for purely logistic reasons, one of them had to be a name. So I had this puzzle and that was, those were the chess pieces I was moving around on the board. And fortunately I got, you know, three home run hitters and, yeah. and, and met all my own requirements. I just think it's meaningful to see gay characters in gay roles, but also like there's like small touches in the movie. I appreciated like the Troy Sivan song, just like that nod to his And queerness. the last song, the last song's by Morgan, who's also a queer artist uh, covering Wild About Harry. So it's, you know, that's, and that's unique to this movie, which by the way, that's the level of support. This movie has gotten such support at the network that they, we have a, we have a, a unique to this movie version of Wild About Harry that was created specifically for this. That's, that's big studio movie stuff. That doesn't happen in TV movies. And it's really um, a privilege. And I'm so grateful to the network. So was there any pushback at all for, you know, you know, watching the movie, there's definitely like a queer gaze. You know, we have a pan of Nico's naked body, you know, <laughs> laying in bed. And that wouldn't happen uh, like two years ago, let alone on a TV network. Was there any kind of pushback at all? No, I mean, look, Freeform, you know, it's been my creative home for seven years and there has never, ever been pushback about the queer content, ever. There Even with the been. sex scene? Nothing. I thought we would get S&P notes. I thought we'd get standards of practices notes about the sex scene. I thought there'd be a little something. And that literally, I, I, there were so few standards of practices notes on this movie that I kept asking for the standards of practices notes. I kept being like, when are they sending them? And they were like, they sent them, Peter. And I was like, no, 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 no. But the ones where they tell me I have to cut thrusting out of the sex scene and things like that, they were like, no, no, they're done. They love it. They're good. This it's, verse representation, we saw it. Did you, yes, yeah. verse, right? How about <laughs> yeah. it? By the way, super important to me. And I made. I was like, I was like, you have to be here at this point, and you have to be here at this point. Um, and it's all in there. I mean, if you know what they're doing, they're doing it. <laughs> if you don't know, I think it'd be easy do, to be like, oh, they're cuddling. They're but like, <laughs> if you know what they're doing, they're both getting fucking railed. <laughs> That's Peter. some flip fucking. Oh my god. So, so with Nico, we see abs, we see body, we see arms coming from a Sean Mendez tank top. Did you know how naked you'd be when you signed on? I read it in the script. <laughs> and uh, the Sean Mendez tank. You read that. Uh, yeah, no, but, but believe it or not, the tank was like, no, it wasn't in the script. But it was it, like in my first meetings with the costume designer, I was like, layers coming off, layers coming off. That's the whole, it's like a metaphor, right? He's, he gets in the car with all this baggage and he slowly, he peels it off in the course of that time transition. Yeah. And, and we That's hit. called directing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, we, we, it was such a quick turnaround. So we were like shooting like... Maybe, what was it, like two weeks after, a week or after I got yeah, you the... Guys, yeah, you guys got cast. You didn't get cast till mid-October, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I think oh, it was yeah. like the 20th like, or something like that. Like, it was two or... weeks before you got, you know, it was it was, it was crazy fast quick. for them. I told him to, as soon as he had the job, because I had done Queers Folk, so I was like, here's what you need to know. <laughs> no carbs on shoot day. Yeah. Only lean proteins. 
I ate a um, lot of pizza. I did not listen to that advice. I for sure had Illuminati's like, like three times a week. You're less naked, it's fine. Exactly. Uh, um, Peter, we haven't seen you acting in a while. Did you write this role for yourself? I did not. I did not write it for myself. I wrote it in my voice. It's something I wanted to say. I really wanted a multi-generational relationship because I think that's something that the queer community is super lacking. I don't think we're, we're sti quite stitching together the opportunity that we have. Like, uh, the generation above me is dead. They're gone. We didn't have them. We didn't have role models. And... I want for younger queer people to recognize that there's an opportunity here. There are people who have been down this road ahead of you and to embrace that and to take advantage of that because it's, it's real. It's not, it's not something to dismiss. And so I just wanted to make sure there was somebody who wasn't 25 in the movie and I was willing to look at the lines on my own face in order to do it. Um, it was actually the head of casting at the network who was like, would you, should you, would you? And I was like, yeah. I could do that. I like that part. It's the earnest, loving pep talk is like trademark Peter Page. Like that's, ask Scott Lowell. I did that scene with him probably 75 times. Scott Lowell and, and Michelle Clooney from Queer as Folk are here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This movie, none of the drama or tension came from a world of homophobia. It wasn't that kind of place. How intentional was that? One billion percent. <laughs> Can you talk about like why that's important to see? Yeah, well, it's so much of queer content, and I and I love a lot of this. I'm not saying that's not brilliant stuff, but so much of queer content is trauma porn, where we where we reinvestigate our own trauma, and they're powerful stories, and they're stories that need to be told. But this is also a powerful story that needs to be told. Sometimes you just need 85 minutes of oh my god, please, please fall in love. You know what I mean? And that's, and I'm so proud that I got to make this movie. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, I have yet to make it through the movie without weeping openly. Weeping, I weep twice. I cry during the wedding and the sex scene, and then I pull it together, and I get angry at everybody, and then I cry again at the very, very end, and that baby shows up, and I am done. <laughs> I cried this time when he started running across town, and I just thought, I'd like somebody to run up a flight of stairs for me. <laughs> That, that'd be something. <laughs> All right, that was Peter Page, Jake Borelli, and Nico Terho. The Thing About Harry comes out on February 15th on Freeform. And just a few days after that, you can also watch it on Hulu. And if you do watch it, let me know what you think on Twitter. I'm on there at JeffMasters1. LGBTQ&A is brought to you by Luminary Media, Neon Hum Media, and TheAdvocate.com. And it's produced by Jonathan Hirsch, John Asante, Kate Mishkin, and myself, with sound engineering by Mark Bush. We'll see you next week.